I want to just share a little word with you this morning before we get into the word. Uh, the Lord was just speaking to me as we were singing and worshiping. And if you feel like you're in, uh, in a place, but what do they call it, between a rock and a hard place, I want to just share with you a few words that the Lord spoke to the children of Israel. Fear not, be still, and see the salvation of God. Hallelujah. It may seem like we're in a situation that's impossible, but as we sang this morning, nothing's impossible with God. All things are possible through Him. So sometimes we need to just put fear aside, take control of that, and be still, and just watch God work. That's what He's speaking to our hearts this morning. Hallelujah. Before I get into the Word, I just want to thank everyone that showed up for work day yesterday. Uh, It's so wonderful to see People come together that have talents and they use those talents. Uh, Like Tara was saying, if you'll notice the doors downstairs, they've got windows in them, thanks to Tom and John and uh, Dennis. They worked on those. Uh, Corey was very instrumental in helping us get the water fountain up and a bunch of other things that you really don't see. Uh, They're there if you want to look around in the corners and open doors and things, but uh, we've got some ways to go yet, but we had a great day yesterday. I felt like we got a lot accomplished, and again, I just want to thank the people that did that. Thank uh, Carol for the food. That was really good. Terry for bringing things in also. Uh, Way to a man's heart. (laughs) Through his stomach. (laughs) It was very good. Anyway, it worked out very well together, I thought, and things got accomplished, and uh, glad to see that. I want to start this morning in Colossians. Hallelujah. I want to just encourage your hearts here a little bit this morning. I'm going to start in Colossians chapter 3, and I just want to read about, well, four verses to begin with, and then a couple more down farther. One through four, and then nine and ten. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on the things of the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Then verse 9. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with the deeds And have put on the new man, which is renewed, I want you to notice this, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. In other words, if you want to become more like Christ, you need to know more about Christ. You need to know who he was and what he did. And by having that knowledge in us, we'll be created more and more into the image of Christ. Um, I want to go now to uh, 2 Peter. I think most of us know this scripture. But I'm going to read it to you anyway. I want to read the verses 2 and 3 of chapter 1 of Second Peter. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. I want you to notice this. Through the knowledge of him or of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, a lot of things come to us through the knowledge of God. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that hath called us. To glory and virtue. Talking a lot about knowledge this morning. And knowledge is something that is attained. It's not something that just 
falls in your lap. It's something you have to work for, and we're going to get into that a little bit. But I want you to notice this. He has given us all things that pertain unto life. I'm going to just stray away from godliness this morning and talk about life. (laughs) Your living life. But God has given you everything that you need to overcome or to be victorious in this life. So often, you know, we blame our situation on different things. But in all reality, if you are God's, you have everything you need to live victoriously in this life. And I want to encourage you that there is a benefit for living righteously in this life. And we'll get to that a little bit later. I want to go now to 2 Timothy. And this is the main portion of our scripture this morning. I want to read the first seven verses of 2 Timothy chapter 2. Thou therefore, my children, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the, thing that thou, the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully. The husband in that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. I'm going to go to my other version this morning. I want to read this out of the Message Bible. I don't know if Andy has his with him this morning. He usually reads out of this, it seems like. And, uh, but I just want you to listen to this this morning. So, my son, or my children, throw yourself into this work for Christ. Pass on what, you hear, what you've heard from me, and the whole congregation will say amen. Pass it on to reliable leaders who are competent to teach, each, or to teach others. When the going gets rough, take it on the chin with the rest of us, the way Jesus did. A soldier on duty does not get caught up in making deals at the marketplace. He concentrates on carrying out orders. An athlete who refuses to play by the rules will never get anywhere. It's the diligent farmer who gets the produce. Think it over. God will make it plain. I want you just to notice this portion of Scripture here that we read in Timothy. Paul's speaking to Timothy, but really he's speaking through the unction of the Holy Spirit, the words of Jesus Christ, I believe. And they're speaking to us in three sense, uh, different kind of parables. First, he begins to talk about a soldier and the necessity for a soldier to be intent on what he has been called to do, not being distracted about the things around. As it says there, you know, you don't have any business to worry about in the marketplace. You know, if you want to think about that, really, uh, the marketplace is the world. God is saying, you know, I need your attention. I need you to be obedient to the orders that I'm giving unto you. I, I want to go to Second Corinthians here for just a minute in chapter 10. I think, again, most of us are probably familiar with most of these scriptures, but it's always good to hear them again. Second Corinthians 10, and I want to start with verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, 
casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Did you notice that? We're not warring after the flesh. Even though we are in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty. God has called us to be soldiers, to an obedience. And there's a reward for that obedience. And again, we'll get to that here in just a little bit. But I want you just to notice that, what we're called to here. We've got to get away from the distractions in the marketplace, in the world, that would hinder us from carrying out the orders that Jesus Christ has given us. So he's speaking to us as soldiers, as warriors. And you just well face it, you're in a battle, you know. When I think of a soldier, I think of war, and that's just what we're in. We're in a war. If you don't think we're in a war, look at the world. Look at all that's going on in the world. There's a war going on, and we need to get into the battle. We need to be obedient to listen to what our commander is telling us to do. We can't be taken aside by what's going on in the marketplace. We need to be listening to what Jesus is saying. Second, we're talking about an athlete in uh, King James talks about here that any man strive for masteries. And here it's talking about an athlete who refuses to play by the rules will never get anywhere. I want you to think about this. There are rules set for this life in Christ. They are the commands of Christ. Whatever he commands us to do. There are multiple commands throughout the Bible But Jesus kind of summed them up. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. These are the rules for the race. We have to follow those rules. If we don't follow those rules, we'll be disqualified. We won't get to the end of the race. We won't win the prize. In here it says you won't get anywhere. You'll never get anywhere. And so often within this life, you see people struggling with their walk with Christ. It's because they're not obeying the rules. And they're saying, well, what's going on, you know? You know, I'm not getting anywhere in God. It's not happening. You're not following the rules. Check your heart. See what you've missed. An athlete must follow the rules. He refuses to play by the rules. He will never get anywhere. Third, we see three different pictures being painted here. The next one is a farmer. It's the diligent farmer who gets the produce. This is what I really want you to think about this morning. Jesus said that also in here, or Paul did. Think it over. In other words, think on this, what you've just been hearing. God will make it all plain. And I hope that we can make it plain for you this morning. Hallelujah. Paul said, going back, to the athlete, he said, you know, I run, but not as one who doesn't have a purpose, you know, and I don't fight as one that just beats the air. You know, I bring my body into subjection that I might win the prize because only one wins the prize. In all reality, we all have a chance to win that prize, but it's in an individual triumph. You have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You're not going to be able to live on your parents' experience, your friend's experience. It's your experience. It's your relationship with Jesus Christ that will get you to the finish line, that will get you the medal, the crown, the prize. 
Hallelujah. We see the farmer here. The farmer, it's the diligent farmer who gets the produce. It's the diligent farmer that gets the produce. Jesus said in John 15 and 8, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Fruit. When we talk about a farmer, really we're thinking about fruit or harvest, you know. When we talk about fruit, we're not just talking about fruits. We're talking about vegetables, fruits, grains, whatever a farmer grows. That's the fruit of his labors. The diligent farmer gets the produce. What is the produce? We're talking about fruit. God desires that you know, we bring forth much fruit. We talked about, and Ryan mentioned this morning, about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians. You know, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. You know, this is the fruit of the Spirit. But I want you to notice something. The reward for obedience as a soldier, the prize for steadfastness as an athlete, the fruit of our labors as a farmer, as a husbandman in God's kingdom, is God's blessing. Why don't you think about that? If you're doing what God has asked you to do, the fruit of that will be the blessing of God upon your life. You know, people talk about, well, you know, you're different, you know. You've got a perfect life. Why? Because we're doing the things that God has asked us to do. That's why people have perfect-looking lives. Because they're doing what God has asked them to do, and the blessing of God is upon them. Because God pours out his blessing upon those who fear him and are obedient to listen to his voice and to do what he says and to be diligent, to run in the race, steadfast, and that they work in the harvest field, planting, sowing, reaping, whatever it takes, being a dedicated laborer or a dedicated farmer. So I want to just encourage you this morning. If you don't feel like your life is blessed, Take a look. Are you being a good soldier? Are you being obedient? Are you being a good athlete? Are you being diligent to continue to train and to put aside everything else to make sure that you get the prize? Are you tending to what God has called you to tend as a farmer? Are you taking care of the crops, those things around about you that need tending? Are you making sure there's no weeds? Are you making sure that they're watered properly? So on and so forth. If you complain that your life is not blessed... Take a look at your life. Because the promise is if we are obedient in these things, just as Jesus is saying here, you know, consider what I say. The Lord give the understanding in all things. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruit. Or in other words, the farmer, the diligent farmer gets the produce. It's the diligent people that get the blessings of God. Don't think that God is a favorite has favorite people. He blesses those who are obedient to him and who love him. If you love me, you will keep my commandments and my commandments are not grievous. So I want to just encourage you this morning. Take a look at your life. If you feel like it's lacking the blessing of God, you might look and see how diligently you're following God or serving God. It all is in correlation. You know, as you serve God, the blessing of God flows upon you. I'm not saying it's easy. You know, I'm not saying that you won't have tribulation. The Bible says that we will have tribulation. 
I'm just saying that if your heart is towards God, the blessing of God is upon your life. That's why God sold us in Romans. All things work together for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And my commandments are not grievous. Hallelujah. Father, I just want to thank you for your word this morning. Lord, may we be those, Lord, that are diligent about our life for you. Lord, your desire is to pour out your blessings upon your people. But, Father, they only come upon those who are obedient, diligent, Lord, and labor wholeheartedly for you. We just thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, that your blessings are in abundance for us, Lord. Hallelujah. And your promises are yea and amen to us. We thank you, Lord, that you have poured out your blessings upon our lives, Lord. But help us to seek you more. Lord, as we are learning, we need to be closer to you as we see the day approaching. Father, there's coming a time that we'll separate the wheat from the chaff. Lord, help us to be wheat, not chaff. Help our lives to be pure and holy in your presence. We ask in your name. Father, as we go from this place, Lord, may your spirit rest upon us. May your word, Lord, penetrate and get into our hearts. May we meditate upon it and make it part of our life. Hallelujah, Lord. We want to be blessed. Help us, Lord, to live accordingly. We just love you and praise you this morning, Lord. Go with us. Let your peace rest upon your people in the name of Christ. Amen. You're dismissed this morning.